Uh, just a few brief words. One of the things I have to keep um, reminding myself as a teacher and someone who's been practicing Zen for, I don't know how many years, um, about 30 or 40 or something like that, um, that what I keep need, need to keep reminding myself is this is not easy for everyone who begins this practice, or even if they've been doing it for five years necessarily. Um, when you've done it as long as what I have, it's, um, it's kind of like just walking down the street. It's no, nothing particularly um, uh, difficult about it. Um, but if I think back to when I was a beginner, there were certainly were difficulties in it. And even 10 years, 20 years, still there's difficulties arise. It's just that they're not as, not as major. Um, I had um, the experience of speaking to someone um, recently um, who meditates and they're quite okay listening to a body scan meditation um, and they can do that okay. Um, but this particular person um, couldn't do silent sitting meditation and uh, when she did it, um, it evoked a very uh, disturbing feeling of, of sadness and emptiness, emptiness in the sense of bleak um, experience. Um, and if she did it with me in the room, it, wasn't, it was okay, it was quite manageable. Um, but if she tries to meditate on her own, it's just this overwhelming bleak feeling and she can't do it. And I need to remind myself that that's the kind of experiences that some people can have. Also, tomorrow night I'm giving a talk to um, some of my psychotherapy colleagues on the, the significance of um, meditation retreats for therapists. And therapists being just human beings like everyone else, we have our own fair share of suffering and disorders and depression and anxiety and so on and attachment issues. And one of the things I want to address to that group and just talk about a little bit here, um, in terms of um, our sense of uh, security in our, in our existence in the world, um, one of the theories that informs a lot about how we understand human beings is attachment theory, um, which is about the quality of our bond with a caregiver in our early years of our life and growing up, maybe one or two or many, um, but at least one is enough. And um, people develop different attachment styles. Those styles are basically a secure attachment style where someone is quite comfortable in their own skin and they're quite happy being with other people and they're quite happy being alone. And then the two main um, insecure attachment styles, which they figure in studies is about 30-40% of the population. And you can have degrees of this, you're not one in one category or the other, there can be degrees of insecurity. But the two types are what's called an anxious style and the other one is an avoidant style. And within an anxious person, they tend to be the people who um, need feedback from other people all the time to feel okay and they tend to be people pleasers and do too much for other people to be liked and so on. But they're not, they're not comfortable with other people because of the fear of abandonment as well. 
And then people with an avoidance style tend to be people who say I don't need other people. They tend to be a bit hermit-like, alone, a bit cynical of relationships and they've screened out needing other people and that's just their way of coping. They look like they've got it all together. But if you were to do a cortisol test to measure their level of anxiety, you would find it just as high as anxious people. It's just their way of coping with it is to avoid people. Um, And it's been said of um, some commentators that the kind of people who tend to do meditation retreats um, or who take to meditation um, are either people with a secure attachment style or an avoidant attachment style. Because people who are avoidant, you know, sitting meditation kind of can appeal to them because they've screened out needing other people anyway. So they're, they're, they're quite, you know, relatively comfortable within their own skin. Um, but people who tend to have an anxious style um, are the ones who will, who will have certain kind of experiences um, be triggered off, particularly by doing a retreat. But even five minutes of meditation can trigger it off. And um, so if you, particularly if you're by yourself, if you were to go into this meditation position and um, just quiet, not interacting with anyone, just with your own experience, now really there's nothing to be scared of at all. There's nothing to be scared of. And yet... For some people, it's a really frightening experience just to do this for a few minutes, let alone a day or a two. And what my hunch is, is what is happening there, is that, and it may be even um, a pre-verbal memory that we cannot recall, but, it, but to go into that um, eyes closed, not engaging with anyone experience, it triggers off abandonment. That's what it triggers off not in, in reality being abandoned, but some, somehow people do that and they get flooded with a feeling of abandonment-like feelings. And um, it's important that people can understand that, that that's what's actually happening for them if it occurs. Um, talking just necessarily about people with an anxious, insecure style, but probably everyone to one degree, um, we, we can tend to regulate our emotional states by, how, by, by the way we interact with other people and what we receive back from other people. Um, but it's a matter of to how much degree we do it. But if you're in a retreat, like the guidelines we have in a, in a session, no eye contact, no talking, no social greetings. They're the, they're the basic rules of session. Um, so it's deliberately there so that we, we drop off social interaction and we just have the freedom to experience our own, our own subjective conscious experience. But someone who's so used to needing reassurance from other people through smiling, through eye contact, gestures, you know, lots of talking... Um, if, that's, if they're so reliant on doing that to feel okay, take it away from them, and it's quite scary. And I have to keep reminding myself that that's the experience some people have because it's not 
it's not my experience, or it's not my experience now. Um, and uh, that's why I think it's important uh, when we do even a, a session like this here for two hours, or we do a retreat, um, that everyone's committed to doing it together, and everyone starts together, and everyone finishes together, and we've got to, we we create we deliberately in Zen create a very solid container to hold everyone in that experience. Um, because if people um, are, are shaky in their meditation experience and they, they get flooded by these unpleasant feelings, people coming and going and not committing or people, you know, half the session going, you know, in the middle of the day doesn't give a sense of um, security. And it doesn't give a sense of containment in which you can be held. Even though people may not be able to put words to it, if half the, half the, half the session you know, disappeared, or people just sort of came when they wanted to and didn't all do it together, people don't feel held together like in a family. And even all of that in itself can trigger off feelings of abandonment. It's like we're not all here doing it together. So it's very important, I think, that a meditation meeting you know, a retreat has a, has a very strong container so that it can hold people through these difficult experiences they go through and there's that sense of doing it all together. Um, otherwise, um, there's, no, there's no way of holding that experience. Um, that's why it's also important that we do Daisan both here and in a... In a um, a session so people have some kind of human connection that's going on all their time rather than just feeling completely isolated and that um, before the session you know people chat with one another and after the session people chat with one another so there's a sense of of human connection there at least in the beginning and the end as well as a bit in the middle but it's worthwhile talking about these things so that we we can perhaps, if, if we have those experiences arise, and, and any of us could, um, that we have some way of, um, of understanding it. Because if you can stay with that experience um, and be held in that experience kindly and firmly, if you stay with it long enough, and like I said during the meditation we were doing earlier, you really come home to your own experience. You're like you, 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 you love being in that experience of aloneness. There's nothing to fear about it. And, and it's such a, a grounding, wonderful experience to come back to that. If you have that and you, you cultivate it through, through meditation, you cultivate it through years of meditation, just being comfortable in your own skin. If you can be really comfortable in your own skin, then you're comfortable anywhere. You can really be comfortable at home. In a sense, you're at home anywhere. Um, and that's, in a sense, one of the... That's what flowers out of, out of Zen experience. Zen monks in Japan um, are referred to as unsui. And unsui translates as clouds, water. They're just kind of like this ephemeral clouds and water, transient moving in and out through the world 
and really, and and they are they refer to as being um, homeless, like clouds and water are homeless. That's the empty way of putting it. But if you turn it around the other way, um, if you're at home in yourself, and you're at home in the transience of the world, you're at home everywhere. That's the transformative experience that happens. Home in yourself and you're home everywhere.